we have a patented video player that allows us to track views, the shares, and the applies. And that share piece is really important. So every one of our video jobs has a social share icon on it that the candidates can click. And that's where the clients are getting into those new niche pockets of talent. That's where they're seeing the highest conversion. Over 60% of our customer applies come through social sharing. So that's just the candidates pushing the messaging for them, which is awesome because it's free. The topics and opinions expressed in the following show are solely those of the hosts and their guests and not those of W4CY Radio, its employees, or affiliates. We make no recommendations or endorsements for radio show programs, services, or products mentioned on air or on our web. No liability, explicit or implied, shall be extended to W4CY Radio or its employees or affiliates. Any questions or comments should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for choosing W4CY Radio. Welcome back, everyone, to the Geeks, Geezers, and Googleization Show, the home of Googleization Nation, where we talk with HR and business thought leaders about the crazy shift going on in the world of business, technology, and HR. Here's your host, Ira Wolf. Hey, welcome back, Googleization Nation, and uh, welcome back to another episode of Geek Skeezers and Googleization. Had a, uh, a super busy week. I had my first in-person conference. Actually, uh, was in Indianapolis for the Indiana Chamber of Commerce, the State Chamber of Commerce annual HR conference. So that was their first in-person event in in quite a long time. And uh, you know, other than the trials and tribulations of, of travel, and a lot of really good people. Really appreciate the the warm welcome. The two workshops out there. We talked about rec the recruiting playbook in the age of Googleization. And I know a lot of companies are are struggling, continuing to struggle with that. Certainly, hiring the finding enough people. We, within the workshop, we had people represented in multiple industries, financial, manufacturing, distribution, transportation. Uh, we had uh, food processing, education, two nonprofits, and uh, every single organization was struggling to find people. So really excited today. Our guest, uh, one of our guests is going to be uh, Lindsay Stanton. Met Lindsay a number a few years ago at one of the conferences, one of the associations that I was a member of. She is her company is DigiMe, and they're talking about one of my favorite subjects of, of using video. And again, not only for uh, beyond in interviewing video, but also using it to attract candidates. And, and uh, we've been talking about this for a number of years. I've given a number of presentations on how to use video, but especially over the last year and now it's becoming incredibly popular. And also uh, we're going to talk about an exciting new product that they have is uh, virtual, doing virtual career fairs. And again, so the, the timing is impeccable. And then second guest is another one of my favorite subjects is about the future. He, David Yule has written a book called Shift and his most current book is that just came out, I believe maybe a week or two ago, is called 2020s. And it's all about dealing with cognitive dissonance. And you've heard me talk about that in the last, probably, I guess, over a year. When we talk about AQAI, or the adaptability quotient, one of the dimensions in there is mental flexibility. And mental flexibility is really just another word for dealing with cognitive dissonance. And a lot of people don't have that ability, but a lot of people don't know what that is. What is cognitive dissonance? So David will be joining us later in the show. 
And uh, we'll have a good, good conversation with him as well. Number of things, just mentioned the AQAI. AQAI is, a, there is an assessment, a short assessment. You actually do it through a chat bot. And we're going to, uh, we're actually running an introductory offer for that. So if anybody's interested, you can get that at half, uh, well, it's beyond half price because we're including a one-to-one coaching session. And I think Roxy, you can put up the, our banner there. There it is. And I said it, it includes the, uh, for thirty-two fifty. you can get the AQAI. It takes about 20 minutes. Really fun process. You do it through a chat bot and then we'll do a one-on-one debrief with you. And you can learn a little bit more about that on the website. And then also last Friday did a, an interview. It was, it was recorded uh, and then and was live. And now the replay is available, but had a really, really nice visit on CEO chat. It's part of RVN television with Alcini and Joe Asmendi. And again, it was was a a super fast, fun conversation about the age of Googleization and uh, recruiting and hiring. And and, uh, we talked about millennials and Gen Z. So there's there's the link. The short version of that is just go to rvntelevision.com forward slash live. Uh, and we'll just look up CEO chat once you get to rvntelevision.com. So you can watch the replay there and feel free to share that. But uh, right now, I want to get into, uh, want to uh, welcome Lindsay Stanton uh, to the show, the Geek Skeezers and Googleization. And what a hot topic. It's great to see you, Lindsay. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So again, we met a few years ago. Your company's Digimi uh, focused at that time, really just you know, how to promote your job listings, how to how to get people to, you know, once they find that job post or once they land on your, your career page, how do you keep them there? How do you engage? And I, I don't know if you recall in, in, in my book, Recruiting in the Age of Globalization, the process that we talk about is reach. It's how do you reach people? How do you attract them? That's a marketing issue. How do you engage them? That's also a marketing issue. And then the, the A is, is, get them to click to apply. Now it's an HR issue. So we won't get in. We're not going to talk about the, the application today. The application and having a good conversation with them is the C and then the H is onboarding. But the but you really are focused on the R and the E is how do we how do we reach people? But even more so is once somebody sees that job posting or sees that career page, how do you keep them there rather than what in the SEO world we talk about bounce? Yes. <laughs> Yeah. And the same thing in the job world, really. And I mean, so much of our jobs in talent acquisition is really sales and marketing, to your point. You know, it's drawing them in, finding them where they're already living, sitting, the sites they're already navigating, and then um, having an interesting enough story that compels them to watch your content and then click through to the call to action, which ultimately hopefully is apply and hire. But we're seeing organizations really try to navigate and use digital video job descriptions as well as actually creating engagement post application to keep them because the ghosting issue has just increased. And actually, I remember when we were at an event a couple of years ago, this was a conversation at a panel that you and I both attended on the issue of ghosting. And it's just gotten even worse because everybody's scared to make a move. So keeping the candidates engaged and informed along the way, even after they hit that apply button, has become increasingly important. And we're seeing having a video, you know, educating the candidates as to what that looks like, the timing, the process 
process has been absolutely huge for our global client base to maintain the candidates and keep them throughout the process. So there's two different aspects. I want to find, we want to talk a little bit about what you do differently, because I know a lot of companies have gotten, they do have uh, videos of CEO speaking, or they have the corporate video and you see the nice panning, you know, the aerial panning shots, uh, you know, through, of the of the building and the history, but that's not really what, what engages a candidate. Am, am, right. am I correct? Right. Yeah. So we get down to the job level. So we do help organizations, you know, with their company culture and employment brand messaging. We love or well, we love when organizations have invested in video content because we can always repurpose that and use it for their job messaging and to pull people in and certainly to help from an SEO perspective. But uh, what we really help people do is sell the individual story around the position opening, which does include information usually at the front end of the job description and at the close around the company culture, what's unique, why some, you know, kind of what's your hook, if you will, from a marketing perspective, what's going to pull them in to begin with, and then you can sell them on the job itself. So we help with scalable video job content that allows organizations to track the responses. So what's really unique about our platform is it's, we have a patented video player that allows us to track views, the shares and the applies. And that share piece is really important. So every one of our video jobs has a social share icon on it that the candidates can click. And that's where the clients are getting into those new niche packets of talent. That's where they're seeing the highest conversion. Over 60% of our customer applies come through social sharing. So that's just the candidates pushing the messaging for them, which is awesome because it's free. (laughs) Right. So so let's talk about this again. I know even the other day when I, I brought this up about using video during my workshop, there was a lot of confusion because as soon as I said video, everybody jumped to, oh, yeah, we're, we're using a lot more Zoom or we're doing a lot more interviewing. Then we're talking about we're, we're talking about promoting the job. We're talking about the marketing aspect. Of how do you get people to even know, you know, know you have a, an, an opening? How do you get it to be viewed? How do you get it to rise above all the competition? And then when they're there, actually get people to watch it. And that's where the sharing, you you can track all that, what's working, what's not working. So where are you placing this? I mean, if I come to you, I'm I'm struggling. I'm a manufacturer. I'm in this distribution. I'm looking for truck drivers. I'm looking for for kitchen staff, whatever it is. I'm really struggling to find people. I, I, I call you up. I mean, are you just creating videos to to put on, you know, in my Indeed job posting? How does how's it work? Yeah, great question. So we give the client the power. So you know from an SEO perspective, because this is your world, that having that video itself embedded into your careers page, your applicant tracking system, that's where the power is at. So we give them the code to our trackable player. And so they're able to embed it at the job level in their ATS. So any place that their jobs are getting scraped, whether it's Indeed, a career site, social, no matter where they're pushing their jobs out to, the videos get included. We do work for them behind the scenes too. So we always host a video landing page for each customer, which is huge because 
that's all their video content with us, which tends to SEO really high and uh, push them to the top of the list. We do a lot of keyword tagging with the videos for our customers. Every client has a customer support person that helps them with those keywords, which drives them to the top of the search results, big and small companies. This struggle is consistent, whether you're talking about an enterprise employer or you know the restaurant down the street from you. It's a consistent issue to try to get their rankings up. So having the videos embedded into their site allows them to pull the traffic into them versus pushing it out to someone else. What type of improvements are you seeing? I I have a whole list of stats and I'm sure you do too. I pulled some, there's a number of them up on the website, but I I know the one that that's, that's pretty remarkable. And and this was through science. I mean, so we're, we're, this isn't just people making it up is, is that a, a human being's, a one minute video is the equivalent of 1.8 million words. And, you know, and they have some backing on this and, and using brain yeah. science and so forth. So that's incredibly powerful because nobody's going to sit down. I mean, nobody wants to even read 500 words. You know, I job know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're exactly right. And not only do you have that impact, but people retain about 70% more when they watch mm-hmm. a video versus, I always say, to your point, reading a text posting because nobody's reading anything anymore, I feel like. I mean, I myself catch myself looking at a paragraph long email on my phone and thinking, oh, it's this like huge amount of content. It's really not. So it kind of, in a way, it forces the candidates to understand the role that you're hiring for, critical information, whether it's, you know, they have to lift a certain amount or they have to have certain qualifications or certifications. All that can be much easily digested by the candidate through a video, them pulling out 70% more of the information and the videos drive 53 times higher SEO. So when you're thinking about that impact of to your point, reach and then conversion. Obviously, it has a huge impact, the hiring initiatives for organizations. And you're doing more than just, I mean, it's more than just creating a video out of the job posting. You you, you have a couple different uh, categories. You're talking about the culture. So it's still important to talk about the company, not necessarily yeah. the building that it's in, but the culture. What's involved? I mean, who who's part of those videos within the company? Yeah, great question. And probably one of the ones we get asked the most commonly because people get scared about, okay, how much work's going to be involved? We do all the lifting. So all we need from the client is a written job description. And then we have a full-scale production team for our enterprise employers that can do the lift for them, like helping them create based on brand guidelines and any content they want to send our way. But conversely, we also have a completely automated feed that we run with our job board and staffing partners that allows us to ingest written job descriptions and turn around a video in under 48 hours. So it is very easy, actually, to create video job descriptions, probably uh, contrary to what mo- most people would expect. But yeah, it can be done in you know two days or a week if you're doing a fully custom video. So it is pretty fast. Is this on a, I mean, is this on a subscription basis? So, you know, we work, I work with a lot of small, medium-sized companies, you know, they may only have one position that they hire frequently for. Sometimes they're, you know, that's a really small shop. They, I, so I don't know how small you, 
how yeah, small an organization you go to. simple as one job, but then we've got employers who are running thousands of videos with us. So basically they're paying for the parking spot on our technology platform. And they can rotate that as much as they want, you know, as many times as they want. As you can probably imagine our staffing clients, it might be every couple of days. And usually it, you know, it could be as simple as something like they need to hire in a different market. And we make it very simple for the clients to rotate markets and still gain the power from the video that we created. So it's it's very easy in Turkey. So, and, and that's that's how I met you guys again four or five years ago. And that, that was sort of your sweet spot. But then you've also, because of other opportunities and, and change and disruption, uh, you're now doing uh, virtual career fairs. Yeah, ironically, this we were we were launching this platform right before COVID hit. So as you can imagine, we hit the accelerator. <laughs> but yeah, it's the virtual events translate really well with having the video jobs and uh, employment brand videos because the candidates can log on to an event for one of our clients. Obviously, the events are completely uh, video enabled. Organizations being able to showcase their job opportunities all the way down to like doing a one-on-one video interview with somebody during the event itself. So it just was really a really good fit with our core solutions to have a digital based virtual events platform. So you can probably imagine we're getting a lot of bookings on it. <laughs> it's very popular and an event can be turned up pretty much instantly. So it takes us less than two weeks to get an event live for a client. So we've got clients who have standing events on the platform and then others who will do like, we work with a lot of associations and with some of our partners, they'll do a multi-employer event, which actually can be very beneficial because then you're pulling in a large variety of types of candidates and it tends to kind of build on itself. So we kind of cover the gamut when it comes to the virtual events platform. They definitely, the events definitely lend themselves to to video and uh, video enablement. So how is, is, is what you're doing your platform differing from just saying, hey, we're going to have a Zoom call and we're going to invite a lot of candidates to show up. Yeah, totally different. So it actually does, it is uh, Zoom enabled. So any of the web platforms can be, you know, integrated into it mm-hmm. for like if some of our clients will have a, a career coach speak, for instance, just to keep, you know, candidate engagement up at the event. But it's actually like a, a real event. So there's a pavilion area where employers can brand and sponsor themselves so that they're well recognized by the candidates. There's a chat feature that allows them to engage with candidates real time. They can actually screen somebody's resume and LinkedIn profile right from the profile itself. The candidates can check out the employer and their openings before they even have a chat with somebody. And then they can exchange information. Somebody can apply for the job right from the event itself. So much more comprehensive than doing a Zoom meeting. (laughs) Are you seeing, and we talked about this uh, right before the show, as I said, I did my first in-person conference out in Indiana, just just got back (laughs) last night. And they they had normally they had about 200 and some people that, and I think this year they had a little less than that but about 170 180 people registered one third were there were in person two thirds were still virtual and I assist my guess and and certainly maybe more on your strategy plane because this is your business what what's the expectation where do you see things going especially for like career fairs are, are they gonna is it gonna be a 50 50 is it gonna go back that most people are gonna say oh can't we we can't wait to do these in person again or do you see the the virtual career fair being a mainstay 
I think it's here to stay. I think a lot of events will end up being hybrids. You know, I think there's certainly a certain percentage of people who have gotten completely comfortable not having to travel (laughs) and they're not too interested in putting it back on uh, their agenda. But for the career fairs, particularly, I think virtual is just such a more cost effective way to go because not only does it cost less to run a virtual event, but your reach is so much deeper. And I think with the situation that employers are in right now, just trying to reach more people more effectively, it's kind of a a necessity to be virtual, to deepen your talent pool. Plus the fact that organizations have now realized they can have people virtual where before they might have been kind of stuck in traditional ways of having people in a physical office because they've, you know, kind of changed their thinking around having people virtual. It's allowed them to expand their reach. And now they're doing more virtual hiring, more virtual events. So I think the the virtual career fairs are here to stay for the long haul. Yeah, I, I can see that. And and. Again, you mentioned associations, you mentioned staffing firms, you're able to do that even internally if the company's big enough, obviously they have multiple positions you're able to do. But, you know, I was just thinking is that there's a lot of small businesses that, but they may not be in the same geographic area. So collectively, they they could put on a larger event. You can have six, seven, 10, 15 of your closest friends who don't compete with you for the same exactly. talent in the yeah. same region. I'd be able to do that because that's that's always that's always challenging. Or, or you know, I've, you know, look, Looking at a chamber of commerce, I mean, diverse group to be able to do that, and those were expensive to put on. I mean, I, I've been involved in chamber of commerces for forty, you know, almost forty years, and you know, career fairs were a big part of what they promoted, and you know, but going out and getting the sponsors and getting it, it was a big commitment for people to be there all day and in tight markets when you don't have people showing up. It, 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 you know, were they as productive as they could have been? And, right. and certainly costs involved, especially with all the promo items <laughs> that you're yeah. going to have. Some people showing up just to, to collect the pens, pencils, tablets, and, and anything that never, anybody's giving away, right? Yeah. Yeah. The virtual events are definitely much more efficient because the recruiters can attend a virtual event, have a chat with somebody while they're doing something else. So definitely much more efficient. So you're you're obviously in the tech, the HR tech space. I mean, this, that's who you are. What on a broader sense, what what do you see happening? What which what what's really changing? What are you excited about in in just HR tech? Yeah, I mean, I'm really excited about continuation. Obviously, everything going digital. I think, I mean, it's such a conversation across HR tech. Whether you're talking about you know jobs or you know all the way through the process, mm-hmm. but. I think automation and integrating more and more automation and building programs that are kind of cross-vendor that really allow an organization to truly scale up the company in a very efficient and effective way. So the, the automation piece is something that I think we're going to continue to see a focus on. And obviously, AI kind of helped launch that with a lot of companies, but I see I, I see that definitely as a trend for the future, continued automation around all things what, what so let's drill down a little bit on, on automation. Obviously, there's a, there's a lot about so I, I can automate all my emails that go back to a candidate. What, what what what's exciting to you or what do you see happening on, you know, what part of automation? do you, do you Yeah, see? I see. I see some larger organizations in the space starting to create a collective system with automation across multiple vendors so that it's they're they're basically creating one system, one workflow from end to end that helps them be more efficient and effective. So that's what I mean when I'm talking about automation. I think 
that's really cool. I see some companies, particularly in staffing and RPO, going that direction. And to me, I think that's going to be the future where somebody wouldn't necessarily perceive a single vendor. It's part of a bigger, all-encompassing picture. Yeah, there's there's so much to that, so many aspects. It's a moving target. It, it, I, one of my slides, one of, the, or one of the topics I have, and I have a slide that demonstrates it. As, as people were talking about you know, integrations and what do you think? Do you think we need a chatbot? Do you think we need video? Do we think we need texting? And I, I have a Jenga tower. I have an image of a Jenga tower and, and, and a lot of mm-hmm. HR stack, HR tech stacks are a Jenga tower. I mean, it's just waiting, you know, you're going to move one, you're going to put one piece and the whole thing's going to collapse because these people are still hanging on to the old, let's, let's get the ATS and then we'll just slap on all these components to it. And yeah. uh, strategically, people just got to think differently. And a lot of the ATS was not built for this world. I mean, a lot of them are are structurally their legacy systems now, and they were they were built for you know a dial up system. Frankly, yeah, no, I agree completely. Yeah. So what I always I always like to to kind of wrap up the sessions with twelve months from now. We're 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 talking again. Got you back on on the air. Uh, what what are we talking about? Oh gosh. <laughs> I don't know. I guess well I feel like that's a tough prediction because so much has changed just in the previous year and a half. I I I feel like so much of the conversation and so much of the shift in businesses that's occurred in the last year and a half is is going to stick. And I think that organizations have recognized the opportunity for flexibility in a way that they haven't seen before. So I think continued flexibility is definitely going to be the conversation for the future and figuring out more efficient ways to do things. Well, that certainly fits in, in what we talk about all the time. You know, a lot of my focus lately has been on, well, it's always been on Googleization and shift and how fast the world was changing. And, uh, you know, now we're talking about adaptability, adaptability quotient. So flex, flex, flexibility is certainly part of that, you know, a much broader sense. And, you know, it's great to catch up with you again, Lindsay. Thank you. Congratulations. Not, not the way that you expected it to happen, but <laughs> you're president of Digimi. But the exciting year, it was exciting to hear that the, uh, the, the career virtual fear was not an afterthought. It wasn't a reaction. It was, uh, it, it was just being in the right place at the right time, you know, for a launch there. As you can see, uh, Digime is going across the dot uh, com is, is one place to reach you. How else, if, they, if somebody wanted to reach you personally, how can they do it? Uh, LinkedIn is probably the easiest. Okay. Yeah. Excellent. Any closing words, comments? I don't think so excited for, you know, the next year. And I really appreciate you having me and uh, talking about these innovative technologies and the tools of the future. Well, thanks. Video is one of my favorite platforms, obviously. <laughs> We're doing it here. And, you know, it's just the uh, HR and recruiting has been behind. But you've got a great platform. And, and again, I hope people will reach out to you. And Thank I'm you. sure we'll be talking again. Thank you. Okay. Have a good day. Take you care. Too. Bye. Well, as you know, obviously that sweet spot of mine, our recruiting in the age of Googleization, we talk, I talk about video a lot in the book and uh, in, in a lot of the topics and it is underutilized. So for companies that are struggling to attract uh, employees, attract candidates, I highly encourage you to, whether you're using Digimi or not, but they, they have a great platform, but I, I highly recommend that you you look for different ways to, to be able to apply video. It's not only for job posting, for engagement, for interviews, and whether it's, you know, you're using traditional job boards, uh, your career site, your website, or Instagram, social media, YouTube, 
TikTok. There's so many different means. Video needs to be, you know, part of that. And I can't, uh, I, 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 I can't advocate that enough. Can suggest that enough. If you have any questions about strategies, how to apply that, whether you're a small or large company, uh, please uh, reach out to me. Give me a call. We've got another great guest, another great segment coming up with uh, David Huell. Uh, We're going to be talking about cognitive dissidence. And again, some of the things that we were talking about with Lindsay, things that people said would never work and they do. And how do we make room for that? So we're going to be talking about cognitive dissidence, mental flexibility. And thank you for listening to Geek Excuse and Googleization. Thank you for being part of Googleization Nation. If you're not part of Googleization Nation yet, please go up to um, googleizationnation.com. Just ask for your uh, first name and an email address, and you'll get regular updates, such as uh, who's on the podcast, who was on last week, some interviews, some webinars, some other events that we'll be sponsoring, and it continues to grow. We have a few thousand people already in it, and I really appreciate you being there. Uh, Right now, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to hear from our two sponsors, Success Performance Solutions and Ingomo, who just released their new app. On Android, on the Android platform, iPhone will be coming down the road a bit. But for anyone looking at for types of either personal or business coaching, suggest you go to Ingomu, and we'll hear from them in just a minute. So stay tuned. We'll be right back with David Huell. Hiring top talent shouldn't be left up to the roll of the dice, and yet that's exactly what many organizations do. They roll the dice, cross their fingers, and pray for a better outcome. Hiring the right employees the first time is much too important and way too costly to leave to a game of chance. Your employees and your customers deserve better. For 25 years, Success Performance Solution has been helping small and medium-sized businesses hire smarter. They offer pre-employment and leadership assessments from typing and data entry to C-suite competence. Whether it's production, sales, healthcare, call centers, or management, Success Performance Solutions can help. Visit their website at www.successperformancesolutions.com to schedule a free demo or call 800-803-4303. Imagine growing great employees and advancing emerging leaders for less than a dollar a day. The Ingomu app will support your employees in a myriad of ways, from career and personal development to health and wellness. No need to schedule and hold trainings. Just have them access over 90 coaches for live virtual group and one-on-one coaching for whatever topic they need or want to work on. Anytime, anywhere. Learn more at Ngomu.com today. Welcome back, everyone, to Geek Skeezers and Googleization, to our second segment. Uh, thank you for being part of Googleization Nation. And if you're not part of Googleization Nation, you can go to googleizationnation.com, sign up, just need your first name and your email address, and you'll get regular updates. I want to thank, uh, again, thanks Lindsay Stanton from digime.com for being here in the first segment. Wonderful guest, great product, talked about the video, very very timely, not only video for your job postings and video to promote your your organization, your company, why people would want to work there, but also thinking about the Virtual career fairs, you know, how do you promote your business that way? So you can you can, you can roll back the uh, video and, and watch that earlier. But right now we've got one of my kind of a one of my favorite topics. Uh, we're talking about the future of work. We're talking about change. We're talking about shift. A gentleman who has written a book on shift and would like to welcome David Huell to the show. Hi, Ira. How are you doing? Hey, David. Looks like we've got a black screen. You don't have video there? 
I have video. It's on. I just checked it with the prior app with Zoom and it was working. So I don't know why it's not. Let's continue this way. Uh, we'll figure this out afterwards. I mean, because I got, I, got, I got cognitive dissonance right behind me. So while we're waiting for David, I don't have a picture of his book because I actually have it on Audible. Uh, we, one of the things that David talked about, and hopefully uh, he'll be back in a second here, he talked about, I, I love this, he had a quote in, in the book, and he talks about, it was a quote from Bruce Lee. And, and when you're talking about change, often people think it, you need to be flexible. That's one word people use. Agile is another word people want to be used. And again, if you watch any of my videos on AQ, adaptability quotient, a change, or even within my book, Recruiting in the Age of Googleization, you'll, yeah, so there's, those are some of the terms that we use. But he talks about a quote that Bruce Lee said, and it was about be water, my friend. And if you're not a fan of, of Bruce Lee, who's a martial artist, or you're, again, not an avid reader or pursuer of futurism like we are, what that means is water takes the shape. If, if you have, you know, if you, if you have a bucket of water and you pour some of it into a glass, it's, it takes the shape of the glass. You turn it into a square, into a box. It takes that. If you throw it on the floor, it takes, it just, it just spills out. It goes anywhere you want. So... Again, when we talk about adaptability, when we talk about one of the skills that we need for the future, we need to, as Bruce Lee says, we need to to be water and to and take the shape of the environment. But that, but one of the things that happens in in change is the water, the container that we're in, the environment that we're in, is continually shifting. So we have to be nimble enough, not just to, to take that square shape, but whether it's round or square or triangular or, or tube-like, whatever it is. So, uh, David, you're back. I'm David Hool. I'm a futurist. I write and talk about the future, traveled to all six continents, 16 countries. This is my 12th book. I'm writing a series of books on the 2020s. The first book came out, as you know, a little more than a year ago, the 2020s colon most disruptive decade in history. This is the second book, the 2020s colon a decade of cognitive dissonance. And as you said, the Bruce Lee quote basically is be water, be in a cup, it becomes the cup, be in a pitcher, it becomes the pitcher. So the, real quickly, the, what happened to me, and the reason that's so personal to me, Ira, is that you know last March when we went into lockdown, my business went away. I mean, 95% of my money comes from going to airports, getting on planes and traveling the world. So I had to reinvent myself. So that came to mind. And I just said, okay, so how does a futurist maintain his business? And I decided to be like water and flow into the vessel of COVID. So what was that? That meant I had to set up a kind of temporary green screen so I could give talks with, uh, through Zoom. And now I have a live streaming which is so frustration because I, I do live streaming all around the world and I can't get on your show. And, and so basically that's it. But I have the T-shirt on behind me. It says the picture of the book. And so cognitive dissonance really, Ira, surprisingly took off very quickly. You know, when you got the ebook, you know, I had it promoting that. Right. And it's the fa second fastest selling book on Amazon I've sold, I think because cognitive dissonance, I put a name on what people are feeling. Let's have a, a quick description of cognitive dissonance. I know you opened the book that way, but, you know, I, again, as a futurist, as, as people who are interested in change, but for people that 
are are most in need. How do be, I become an adaptable in this in this exponentially changing world? I call it the age of Googleization. They may have no clue what cognitive dissonance. And I know it's not one of the most popular search terms in Google. So what is cognitive dissonance and Cog- why is yeah. it important? <laughs> cognitive dissonance is having to hold more than one reality or, or one thought in the mind at the same time. And, and the, the reason that COVID is so significant, and I've written about it a lot, I call COVID kind of the bike with training wheels for the decade. In other words, you know, Ira, when I would give talks around the world before COVID, I'd have to say, I want you to suspend what you think reality is, because most people think reality is fixed. Oh, this is the way it's going to be. And reality is not fixed. The whole universe is nothing but change. So people don't like change because they want to hold on to the reality that they've learned to adapt to. So what COVID did and allowed me to do is I go, look, in January of 2020, what you thought reality was didn't turn out to be that way, did it? And they all would agree. So, I go, so now that you understand that reality is mutable, what you really have to do is to stand in change. And the only way you cannot be affected by change is to always be changing, right? So cognitive dissonance, and here's the great quote from Franz Fanon, who I quoted a lot in the 60s. Sometimes people hold a core belief that is very strong. When they're presented with evidence that works against that belief, the new evidence cannot be accepted. It would create a feeling that is extremely uncomfortable called cognitive dissonance. And because it is so important to protect the core belief, they will rationalize, ignore, and even deny anything that doesn't fit within the core belief. That explains American politics in the United States today, right? That Mm -hmm. explains employers not understanding why people aren't coming back and working, coming back to work. It explains a lot of things, right? And and Robert Thurman, who is the greatest Buddhist educator in the United States, professor at Columbia, also the father of Uma Thurman, has the greatest quote. He says, wisdom is tolerance of cognitive dissonance. I remember reading that, and, and it's a great quote. You had a couple of them there. The other thing that I love, again, a little phrase that you talked about is that 2020 is people had the reality rug pulled out from underneath them. And again, these are, are, are just trying to get images that people understand. And yeah. why. But the other challenge is, is, is not just having the rug pulled out from under you. Or it's not that we can talk about 2020, but it's that uh, change is accelerating. Yeah, and change changes and accelerating through a linear through line over the last 30 or 40 years. And now it's gone environmental, like all aspects of your life are changing at the same time. And, And that's, and that's really the profound difference. As you've referred to, I coined the phrase, the shift age, we left the information age, entered the shift age, mid decade, first decade of this century, probably through 2030. So the shift age is the time when we are shifting from the realities we knew it, up to 2000 and the reality we're going to be living in the 2030s. I mean, everything is going to change. You can't, I, I can't think of any aspect of the life of any listener to this that isn't going to undergo change, whether it's work, play, how you define yourself, where you live, how you communicate, how you, what you, how you self-identify yourself. It's all going to change. And, and I know you, you're familiar with Kurtz, Kurzweil for sure. As many, you know, as many people are, some people just know is what he talks about, but I use there's this paradigm theory, accelerating changes, but I, I use a quote and I have a slide that I'll share in, in maybe in a future uh, podcast, but it, it shows the 2020, it shows the 12 months. And he talks about if you're 40 years old today, and by the time you're 60, with the current 
accelerating change, path of accelerating change, is what it took 12 months last year to, unra uh, to unravel or to, to shift, as you would say, will only take three months. That's how fast things are changing. So for, for those out there who are wondering what the, what the next 20 years are going to be like, imagine 2020 taking place between January and March. <laughs> so it, it's, it's going to be pretty fast moving. Uh, David, you and I can, you know, I'd love to talk to you more, and we're definitely going to get you back. I know. Yeah, I'd definitely like to come back and work this out. I'm really frustrated by it. No, no, no. I understand. I understand that. For now, how can people get your book, and how can they get in touch with you, and then you and I are going to get you rescheduled again? I'd love to, love to. I really enjoy what you do, Ira. So my last name, Hool, is spelled H-O-U-L-E. So you can go to davidhool.com. That's my website, davidhool.com. Or you can go to Amazon and type in David Hool Books, and you'll see all the 12 books I've done. Type in David Hool, the 2020 is a decade of cognitive dissonance, and you get that same book. But that's the way you would reach me is either on Amazon using my name and word books or just type in davidhool.com. And I highly recommend people go up and get that. It really is. A, it's an easy read. It's very relatable. And any way that we can help people understand the urgency and 2020 wasn't a blip. So, David, apologize about the technical difficulties. Uh, you and I offline can can do this and the what sure. going on, how we can do it again. We'll get you rescheduled. But I, I appreciate the book. I love the I love the Bruce Lee analogy. I apologize. I'm sorry we can't see your T-shirt. But yeah, no, I was thinking you might appreciate it, not knowing that you, that you really appreciated that quote. I just figured this would, you know, underscore the comment. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a great example of what adaptability, what we need to be. So I appreciate it. We'll get you back on the air. Stay safe until then. Uh, we'll, we'll see you maybe on Shelly's salon again, and we'll be in touch. Okay. Thanks. Namaste. Be well. Real life. Things shift. We have to figure out things on the fly. Unfortunately, you were not able to see David, but uh, wonderful interview. I, I do highly recommend that you go up and look uh, for davidhool.com. Go up to Amazon. Catch his books 2020. 2020s um, and, and type where you can type in uh, cognitive dissidence there. Just a reminder, we got a few things going on, or though we've talked a lot about adaptability, not only in the way that you recruit, but uh, certainly that the way that we're going to have to live and play and work and, and, and do things and everybody's going to have to up their AQ game or adaptability. So if you'd like to find out where you fall on the spectrum, uh, we measure 15 different dimensions, both five of your abilities, how your personality plays into it and your environment. Environment. You can go to bit.ly forward slash by AQ50 and you will get the assessment. The 50 is actually 50% off the assessment and including a one-to-one debrief to review the report with you and help you make the changes that you need to make. So go to bit.ly forward slash by AQ50. And also a reminder, catch my uh, interview on another show, another radio uh, TV show, RVN Television. You can go to rvntelevision.com, look up CEO chat, had a wonderful interview about the age of Googleization, about millennials, about Gen Z, about pre-hire testing. We covered a lot of territory in just uh, 30 minutes with Al and Joe. There's a picture of us on CEO chat, so you can get that. You want to watch it? It's not live, it was recorded last week, but it'll also be on at 10.30 rvntelevision.com. I want to again thank Ngomu for being a sponsor of the show and uh, Success Performance Solutions. And as we always are on Wednesdays, 1 p.m. Eastern Time, we'll be back next week. You can also catch the replay on YouTube, Facebook, Talk for 
TV.com or your favorite podcast. We're on Apple, Spotify, iHeart, Google, Stitcher, you name it. We're, we're, we're up there and uh, really appreciate everybody listening. We, we I do encourage you to uh, leave a review, leave a rating so we can even expand our audiences there. And if you're not, if you haven't signed up yet for Googleization Nation, please do so, googleizationnation.com. So until next week, don't let the shift hit your plans. 